0: Welcome to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. I'm Joey Roberts. Welcome to 15 Minutes of Fearless. Today's episode is sponsored by Clarity6.ai, where you can turn your Amazon customers into repeat buyers. That's right. Clarity6.ai will help you collect your Amazon customers' information, and then you can market to them, communicate with them, build your brand, and build that loyalty. Check it out, clarity6.ai. We're going to dig into a hot topic for the beginning of January today. I've been getting questions about sourcing, where to source products from a lot of our AMZ Inside members. And a few of you also reached out on Instagram and asked about this. So hope this is A topic that y'all want to listen to. It's going to be short and sweet. Back in September, I put out a reel on Instagram and it got 2.4 million views. The reel was me sitting by my pool. I was watching my kid swim and I brought some products out there and I needed to put the Made in China sticker on them. And for y'all advanced sellers out there, yes, I know that I can switch and have the made in china autofill on my my labels that go to amazon but i didn't do that on this one so sometimes we make tiny mistakes and i have thousands of made in china stickers sitting around in case that happens i also find it therapeutic to put the made in china stickers on each of my products that are lightweight cuz it's kind of like i get to quality control every single unit so i was doing this for about 500 units wasn't that hard well when i posted it it was clear that my products were made in China and then I bought them from China. Right? You think, "Oh, well that's normal cuz we go through Alibaba, we do that." Well, there's a lot of haters out there. So, I started getting the comments of why can't you buy in the USA? Why are you not supporting your own country? The comments didn't bother me, but it it does kind of think, "Okay, I have an answer to that and I have confidence." And if you if you know me and you've heard me speak before, I Do buy from the United States. I buy from Mexico. I have suppliers in the Ukraine. And yes, I buy out of China. And getting those comments, I was so confident in my answer, even though they were hating on me. And I spoke from my heart. And I want to encourage you to do that when you are sourcing, and maybe you want it to be made in the US, but right now, the best decision is to get it in China or in Pakistan or Mexico or wherever. And then eventually you can have it made in the United States, right? Like That's okay because those are business decisions for your business. And we're all in business to make money. Your margins matter, right? I like my margins big. So one, start with what really matters to you and don't hate on yourself if you're not sourcing out of the US. Okay. That's my PSA on sourcing. So let's dig into where we're actually going to find products to sell on Amazon, especially in 2024. I want to make a Prediction. And this is just coming out of my head. I don't have any like data to back it up, but I think trade shows are going to be more prominent this year for sourcing, like specific to sourcing trade shows in the US, trade shows in other countries. You know, there are trade shows already in Mexico, there's the Canton Fair in China, but I think more trade shows where people are going to actually attend in person, make relationships with buyers and suppliers are are going to to be more of a trend in 2024. So let's check back in September. And somebody hold me to that. And we'll see if I'm right. Now, when I am looking only to source in the US, so what, what are things that I sell that I'm only going to source in the US? So for me, anything that goes in or on a body, I source in the US. So I have uh, a cream let's say it's like a topical, right? One of my products. And I need to source that in the U.S. So I first went to thomasnet.com. And thomasnet.com is great for finding probiotics and creams and and things along those lines. I went through, called, emailed maybe 15, uh, we'll call them suppliers, manufacturers, you know, sources I found on ThomasNet.com. I did not find exactly what I was looking for. And every person I talked to, some had a sales team, some was a small business, I would say, okay, if who is your competitor? Who else can you recommend? So I would kind of try to pull more information out of them. I probably reached out to 50 different companies until I actually found the place that I wanted to get samples from and is now my current supplier so patience is important and yes alibaba is like instant results and people will email back and forth and you can kind of get a sample going quickly but it doesn't always have to be that you know instant gratification a lot of times most of the time you have to dig really deep and you'll learn a lot i learned a lot through the process so finally i i would take a little break like a day off of going down the rabbit hole of sourcing for this one specific product I wanted. And I would go on Google and I remember finding, finally coming across a supplier that I found on Google. And the way I did it was I started thinking of other words and other ways to ask for the topical that I was looking for. And I found a supplier out of Arizona, and I made a relationship with them. Now, everything's going well, but that's my only supplier for this cream right now. And it seems pretty secure and safe because it's in Arizona. So I'm going to let myself slide on only having one source for this specific cream. But when I source out of China, especially through Alibaba, I like to know that I have backup suppliers, backup suppliers on Alibaba I also like to know how I can get it done in the U.S. I'm gonna tell you a little story about why I think it's so important to know how to put your product together if needed quickly in the U.S. I'm um, not talking cost here. Clearly buying from China is less expensive right now than manufacturing in the U.S. That, that is just a fact. I'm not pushing you either direction. It's just a fact. Also, when you're thinking of what, Products you want to source. Think about what countries have to offer. So, if I were looking for, let's say, automotives, right? I start to think, well, who is a leader in automotives? Um, India has really great automotive parts, and they're climbing the ranks with manufacturing. So, I would look on. I would look to India and think about that. You can get a sourcing agent to help you, but there's also. India actually has a couple of websites. I think India Mart is one of them. And I also think about, for India, uh, spices, right? If, you're, if you need spices or if that's part of an ingredient or a main ingredient in your product, you can even have buy the spices there and have it uh, put together. I call it final assembly when you have something shipped from overseas to... A warehouse or a workshop or whatever in the United States, I call it final assembly in in the U.S. And India also has uh, leather, IT components. So then I would look to India for that. But if I'm looking for fabric, like textiles, I might look at. Uh, I know there's a site, Maker's Row for fabric. I would look there. Pakistan has some interesting fabrics coming out of there. So you kind of want to think of what region and where. Now let's talk a little bit about trade shows. With trade shows, not only is it an in-person opportunity to see products, but you can also ask them for their catalog and if they can do the modifications that you're interested in. So That's one of the great things about attending a trade show. And you're like, well, what trade show am I supposed to go to? I like to Google trade shows for the category that I'm selling. And so if it's sports and outdoors, I would just Google sports and outdoors uh, trade shows in the US. And you can do that with kids. Like There's a lot of kids and baby shows. Um, and some of the trade shows are are big brands already selling there. And some of them are smaller ones looking for other people to sell their To white label, private label their their products. So there's gold there. But the best trade shows are the ones that are specifically for manufacturers to meet buyers. And those ones, that's the Canton Fair. I mean, that's the heart of the Canton Fair in China. And it's massive and huge. And there's some wonderful sourcing trips that you can take with other Amazon sellers if if you want to go to the Canton Fair. And then there's trade shows in Mexico. And trade shows in Mexico is is wonderful because you're probably going to find products there and meet with suppliers that your competitors cannot meet with unless they go to the trade show because there is not an Alibaba for Mexico yet. All right. Where did I find my supplier in the Ukraine? I found her on Etsy. So I was looking for specific products from my keyword. So I'm going to say that again. I was looking for products for my keywords. I did not go on there looking for a specific product. I was putting my keywords into Etsy because it's a search engine. It's shopping, but it's also a search engine. And with my keywords came up a whole bunch of potential products that I could sell. I went through them, validated them on whatever software tool. I think I was using Helium 10 at the time. And I found a product I really liked. I reached out to the seller on Etsy and I said, hey, if I wanted to buy a hundred of these, how would that work? And she's like, well, I'm in the Ukraine. It's just me doing these. It's amazing how quickly when you're like, hey, I want to buy a hundred, they can pull in people to make a hundred in two, three weeks for you. Yes, I said two to three weeks. I asked in China, right, my supplier, hey, can you make 500 of these units? And they're like, oh yeah, that's 30 days. So if you think about it, When you're making the relationship with somebody off of Etsy who maybe hasn't done the bulk manufacturing yet, they're still going to move quickly because they want the money, they want to please you, and they want to build the relationship. So I do encourage you to check out Etsy and look there. Now, if you're like, hey, Joey, this is all wonderful. This is hours and hours, but I still just need help and I need somebody to do this for me. By all means, use a sourcing agent. I love using sourcing agents that are outside of the United States because they have a pulse on everything worldwide. And my biased opinion is that when we're in the U.S., unless you travel a ton, but if you're in the U.S., you really just think about what's what can I source in the U.S. and what can I get out of China? But when there are sourcing agents outside of the U.S., they're, they're, especially in Europe, they're very close to other uh, countries that manufacture and they, they have A lot of really good relationships. And Alibaba is stepping up their game. They like to to assist in, in sourcing as well and logistics. So I'm not hating on Alibaba at all. I'm just saying do your research worldwide. And my quick story about how. I learned the hard way that I should be able to quickly put my products together in the United States if needed. These are products that I was buying from China and would take at least 60 days to get to me. Now, yes, when you hear me say I'm buying it from China in bulk, but I also need to put it together in the U.S., that costs a lot of money. And I'm not talking about money here. I'm talking about fulfilling customer orders because it's the right thing to do. It was not about my bottom line at this point. Yes, I'm all about margins, making money, running a smooth business, and knowing about your books. But if you do not get your product to the customer when they order it on time, Amazon will ding you, can kick you off. Your account health can get pretty bad. You can get suspended. But also, you're going to piss off your customer. And that's the last thing I want to do, especially selling on Amazon. You want to hold up the highest level of customer service. So what did I do to make this huge mistake? I was running FBA and FBM listings, fulfilled by Amazon, fulfilled by Merchant. My FBM listing oversold 50 plus units, around 50, 60 units to the customers, and the rest was at FBA, and those orders were dedicated and sold out of inventory. So, I was now oversold by 550 five units to customers. Canceling an order was not an option. So, I had to scramble and figure out what to do. I wanted to sit in my car and cry, but I had this like knot in my stomach like I was going to be sick and the whole world was crashing down on me that I didn't even have time to have emotion around it. I had to jump into action. I had to hustle and fulfill those units. I did fulfill them. They were not perfect, but they got to the customers. I did not get any bad reviews. I worked 24-7 to make sure every customer was going to get what they had ordered from me and some variation with a promise that when the shipment came in, They could exchange it if they wanted to. I went above and beyond and created loyal customers from it. I still know some of those customers that I communicated with during this time. Some were nice, some were not. Doesn't matter. It was that me, as the brand owner and Joey Roberts, just myself as a seller, was going to fulfill this. And I was never going to make that mistake again. Yes, I ran out of inventory more times after that, but I never oversold any unit. So, Mistakes happen and owning your mistakes and knowing that it's a bumpy road, especially when you're growing. If you're, it was my first time at like $250,000 per month in sales, my very first time, right? I was only selling for a few months at this point. So, yeah, that was a big mistake and I got through it. So, I promised I would share that story with you. The last thing I want to touch on is pricing, right? Feels like everybody just wants to talk about price, right? I mean, that's what we're here for. We're here to get a good deal. But keep in mind, these are people and they want to build a relationship with you. They want to trust you. They want to feel like you're going to reorder from them. They're just as skeptical about you as you are about them, especially if you've never bought through Alibaba and you don't have any uh, buyer ranking. Now, there is a beta uh, membership test. I guess that's what a beta is right there is a alibaba is doing kind of like a monthly membership and i think the beta program just rolled out so more on that in in a few weeks when i've talked more with alibaba i got to chat with them yesterday about this program that will help with the relationship between the suppliers and you as the buyer but think about it like right now we're approaching the middle of january It would be wonderful if you reached out to any of your suppliers and you're just like, hey, excited for you gearing up for the Chinese New Year. For the Chinese New Year, the factories slow down kind of the end of January and they'll wrap everything up probably end of January, early February to celebrate Chinese New Year, which I believe is like February 10th. And it's a very long celebration. It's a great opportunity to reach out to them and, and say Happy New Year and tell them that you wish them the best of luck and a successful New Year. And that just that alone makes them want to do work with you. One other tip that I do w- once I get a sample or I get my first order and I'm super happy with it is I will ask them, hey, do you want me to write you a review? Or I'll send them a video with my face in it and I say their company name and I just thank them for sending me the product. And they have sent me coupons and told me how nice and sweet I am. And it's really taken me 30 seconds to make that video for them. And it created lifelong relationships. Like I have one supplier who messages me all the time from a previous Amazon business and I feel bad that I can't buy from her right now. I'm like, oh, I really wish I could buy for you, but I don't sell those products right now. And she just checks in. She's, and I'm like, we're still friends though. And she's like, we are friends. So treat your suppliers like an extension of your business. And then yes, there's always time for negotiation, but get your timing right. And things you can negotiate out of the gate instead of price are minimum order quantities, your MOQs, your shipping time. Um, percentage of your deposit. right? If they're like, hey, you got to pay us 50% of the goods now, well, you can negotiate that down, maybe 20% down. Whatever it is that makes sense for your business and for your product, I would do that stuff before I started hammering them on the price. Now, yes, you can tell them, hey, this other supplier quoted me this right at the beginning and say, can you tell me why? What's the difference with your products? They might tell you that it's better quality. You can have those conversations because everybody is price conscious. It's just hard when you come out hot out of the gate, hammering them on price when you don't have the backing for it, right? They're, they don't know who you are. They want to trust you. My last final tip is when you're ordering through Alibaba, especially for the first time, always use trade assurance, please. Trade assurance is uh, kind of like Amazon's way that they protect you in the Prime program with returns is you'll have a a certain amount of time that they'll hold the money before they release it to the manufacturer. So, So the supplier is going to work harder to ship on time and work hard and have great quality for you because it's stuck in the trade assurance. So that's my final tip. Until next time, stay fearless. If you're already selling on Amazon or you're looking to get started and you want my help, go to amzfearless.com to book a free strategy selling session. We can see if we can help you out. That's amzfearless.com. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. Until next time, stay fearless.